Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Before we meet today's guest, we want to give a shout out to our partners. We coach the global community of women in high school sports, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, and the Florida Coaches Coalition. You've heard me say many times before, these are four great organizations. You should really add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes. We're going to give our sponsors a shout out. These are great companies that I used as an athletic director or as a football coach. You should be using them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Gipper's the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel in seconds. It's so easy. Even I can do it. Your kids are on social media. And if you're not promoting your athletes and celebrating your teams, you're really missing out. Go to Gipper.com to get started. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, coach clearance, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just great. To find out more about how Home Campus can help you and your program, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, or just tell more compelling stories about your school's history, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. They're on a mission to help you bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. See all the great products that can help you. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, and it was just fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided that helped them coach our kids up to their highest level. Go to huddle.com and see why we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms. You've got the best fundraising platform right in front of you, snapraise.com. But there's Snap Store, Snap Connect, Snap Manage, and a whole lot more. You'll find them all at snapraise.com. Looking to do online ticketing? Go to hometownticketing.com. It's the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. I don't think I need to say anything more. Hometown is digital ticking, ticketing that offers more. More support, more security, more customization. Go to hometownticketing.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment of the podcast. 
Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and an affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic surveys connect you with the 2%, but they also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your school board or your principal. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that lets you take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a true friend of the show, Mike Poplowski out of Philadelphia. He's a certified master athletic administrator. He's the athletic director at Bristol High School, which is in suburban Philadelphia. Mike and I connected, gosh, I'm going to say almost two years ago. We've been trying to get him on the podcast for a long time, but he is a very, very busy guy. But we've got him today. For listeners, we're recording this on August 22nd, so you're going to be hearing it in a pretty timely manner. Uh, school hasn't started yet, but uh, Mike's very busy. Let's go and welcome him. Mike, welcome to the Hi, Educational Jake, AD Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. Appreciate it. Again, you and I were talking uh, in, in your neck of the woods. It's still you know preseason conditioning and things like that, but classes are going to start soon. So let's go and jump right into it. As you know, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that quick bio, where you were born, where you grew up, maybe take us up through your own high school and college years, and then we'll take a break. Uh, so what's the Mike Poplowski origin story? Uh, so I was actually born and raised in Bristol Borough. Um, I, I was actually a substitute teacher uh, about 18 years ago before I went to Philadelphia. And then I was at Mastery Charter Picket Campus in Germantown uh, for 15 years. And then last year, I had the opportunity of being able to come back to Bristol, my alma mater. Uh, so that was great. Uh, college and undergrad, I started at Westchester in 2000, uh, health and phys ed. I uh, had the dual cert then. That's when the... Uh, the requirements were a little bit longer. There was like half credit classes and quarter quarter credit classes for the sports. Um, I have my master's in education through Cabrini College. Uh, through Cal U of PA, I have my athletic administration master's. And then uh, I am finishing my principal cert. Matter of fact, it's done Friday. Um, classes, I was that's the last day of classes. So and then I just got to take the test um, and I'll have my principal certification. So. Um, and then I do have, um, education-wise through the NIAAA, I do have all four national designations. I'm very grateful for that. Um, my mentor was Greg Pinelli, who was actually my AD when I was in high school. So, Wow. Um, we're going to dive into some of that later on. Let's go and backtrack a little bit. Um, you know, for somebody who was born and raised on the West Coast and has lived in Florida now for 20 years, you know, uh, you hear a lot about, you know, Philadelphia and the culture. You know, how was that, you know, growing up in in, in high school, say, as a high school student athlete? Uh, it was great. We're a small town. So most of our student athletes here, uh, when I was in school and even currently, most of them play two to three sports at least. Um, so, I, you know, basketball is my thing and baseball is my thing. I almost did baseball in the fall and in the spring. Um, but it's very competitive. You know, uh, you, you get a good core of friends. So, you know. 
when you're, you know, with the athletes in a small town, you know, like five, six of your friends kind of play all two to three sports. Um, I wasn't able to play football after my freshman year because I had a, a, a shoulder injury. And obviously my focus was mainly on baseball. So, um, you know, I was working on rehab and that. Um, so I, I didn't get the opportunity to play my 10th, 11th, 12th grade year for football. So, but the majority of our, our solid core of athletes, you know, even now still play two to three sports. Oh, that that's great to hear. You know, as um, student athletes, whether it's high school or college, um, there's usually moments, uh, maybe it's practice, maybe it's game, maybe it's a bus ride that at the time, we really don't think much of it. But later on, when we are now teachers and coaches and ADs, you remember that moment. So I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, any moments for from your youth, say your high school days, that stick out for you now as a coach, as a leader? Uh, I think in 1998, I was a sophomore. Um, I had a senior second baseman ahead of me, but, you know, I was part of the JV team for part of the season. That team actually ended up going undefeated. And then when we moved up to varsity, that was the first district championship we had um, for baseball. And, you know, it was, it was an exciting run. You know, we, we went, we made it to the States. Um, we did lose in the, in the first round, but it was just a, you know, the, the bus ride to the States, um, you know, we had close games in, you know, in the districts, you know, um, we, you know, we actually scouted and went, you know, there was one team we were playing, I believe it was great Valley where like, you know, our JV coach and, you know, they went out and scouted and it was like, they used to bunt and try to take an extra base. So if they bunt it and the guy was on first, that guy from first just kept going, going to third. So like, you know, just being well-prepared for that, but just the camaraderie, like there was a lot of sophomores on that championship team that like sat the bench or just played role positions. Like, you know, obviously I would be called in the bunt, but I think just being part of that and, and, and being a small community and seeing how many of our fans from our community, you know, travel to all these games is great. Oh yeah. That's got to stick out for you. And again, those are moments that as ADs now, we always, you know, we're searching to create that same type of moment, that same type of magic uh, with our own teams. Great stuff. Thanks for sharing that. For listeners, uh, our guest today is Mike Oplosky. He is a certified master athletic administrator, also has the other NIAAA credentials. He's the director of athletics at Bristol High School, just outside Philly. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back some more, with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast Gipper is the official social media graphic solution for us. And if you go to Gipper.com, their team is going to show you how to create world-class marketing content for your school's social media channel. It's so easy. Even I can do it. Kids are on social media today. And if you're not, you're really missing a great opportunity. Use Gipper to celebrate your teams, promote your athletes and your program. It's used by over 3,000 high school and college athletic programs, and it's professional graphic design made simple. Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They'll give you a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. Uh, Jake, we also use Gipper at Bristol High School. So I use it for Athletes of the Week, um, game previews. And then we also use it for our team schedule. So we we definitely share that on all our social media athlete uh, outlets. And the alf- athletes actually really loved it last year. Like my first year back here, you know, we were able to really promote the programs. 
Yeah, I really appreciate you bringing that up. And, and again, I'm out of the game now. I, I retired a few years ago, but we started using it. And at the time, I'm just thinking, geez, why am I doing this? But you're absolutely right. The kids just love it. Uh, and it's a great way to promote your program. So appreciate you sharing that. Um, in the previous segment, you talked a little bit about your career path. Let's go and dive back into that. You know, after college, you know, I think we all, you know, um, have a series of jobs, teaching, coaching, et cetera, that, that lead to that athletic director position. So again, take us through that path of yours, your journey. Uh, what was it like for you right out of college? Uh, so right out of college, I became a permanent sub at Bristol where I'm back at now. Um, so I coached middle school basketball. Um, that was actually when I was student teaching. I student taught in my, um, in my alma mater also. So I, I coached middle school basketball and then I helped out with uh, the JV girls basketball team. Then when I became the permanent sub the following year, I was the varsity girls head coach, which uh, back then we actually brought the program from like seven girls to about 30 girls, which was a good thing. Um, and then the following October was when I found my job at mastery charter, which was a charter school um, that took over. It was, it was only seventh and eighth grade. Um, and then each year proceeding, they added a grade. So eventually we were seven through 12. So uh, the, the ninth and 10th grade year, when those grades were at it, we started to do PIAA sports. So I was very fortunate to pretty much start every sports program at my former school that I was working at. You know, we've had uh, a number of people uh, that have gone back to, you know, the school where they attended. Uh, I actually got to be a substitute for a few years where I uh, uh, was a high school student. What was that like coming back? I'm sure you had a lot of teachers, a lot of coaches that uh, remembered you as a high school student. Uh, did they welcome you back with open arms or was there a little bit of uh, needling? Uh, I mean, obviously, I would say 95 plus percent, you know, definitely welcoming, you know, sometimes in a small town. It's like, oh, well, because, you know, this person, this is how you got it. Um, but I think once they seen, you know, how I work and, how, you know, I have four kids in the district also, so I'm very invested in the community. Um, so, you know, it was very it was very welcoming, you know, and we had a, a, a good core of senior athletes this year and they actually surprised me. Um, if you look over my back shoulder, which would be um, right back there, there's a picture frame up there that they surprised me at the first sports bank. What I did this year in the spring, it was just like, you know, they got a little bit of tears, you know, coming from me. You know, I, I tend to get emotional when the kids are really invested in you. Oh, wow. What, what a great uh, story. I still remember, uh, you know, when I walked into the teacher's lounge that day, coming back, I was 22 years old, right out of college. And uh, my best friend from high school had also become a teacher and he was there subbing. So the two of us walk in. Our teachers, our coaches, they're all lined up in there. They turn around, and uh, I'll never forget the comment. You guys became teachers? So, uh, <laughs> but again, it was a, a good welcome back. Um, talk a little bit about that process of what I like to call coming to the other side of the desk, you know, going from teacher, coach, to now you're the athletic director. How did that all play out? Uh, just as the athletic director, you know, it's like this was part of when I came back. Obviously, you know, we had we had our our our, our former softball coach was the athletic director after our after the previous athletic director passed away, unfortunately. So um, he was retiring after he retired. Um, the opportunity came for me because in a small district, it's extremely harder to be a head coach of a varsity sport and also be the athletic director. There's just too much entitled to it. So um it was just, you know, what having the certifications I have, having the experience, you know, it was a pretty smooth transition. It is, it is a lot different, you know, 
here we have our own transportation. When I was working at a charter school, you had to rely on outside transportation. You had to confirm. You had to make sure you were more strategic with your budget because the expense of outdoor companies was was bigger. Okay. But here it was a it was a smooth transition. It's just I'm I'm at the field a lot. You know I'm visible. Uh, my kids are visible. Uh, you know they're they're constantly here with me, which is good because you know all the kids know I'm here, so it gives me like an extra hundred set of eyes. You know looking after my kids even when they're not at a sporting event. Now you mentioned you got four kids. That's one more than we had. Uh, what ages are they? Let's give them a shout out. Uh, so my son Mikey just turned six on Friday. My twins, uh, they're turning ten in September, and my stepdaughter's turning fourteen in September. Wow. Okay. So uh, not quite, but you're going to have three in college at the same time, just like I did. Maybe even a fourth one if there's some grad school. Not recommended, but hey, you know it it, it all works out. <laughs> For our uh, listeners, once again, our guest today is Mike Poplowski. He's a certified master athletic administrator. He's the director of athletics at Bristol High School in suburban Philadelphia. We're going to take another quick break, but we're coming back with more. So stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Home Campus for their support. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for us. It's also your one-stop platform for things like scheduling, uh, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, state association connections, and a whole lot more. As an athletic director, I used home campus every single day, and it was just great, and their staff was great to work with, too. To find out more about how home campus can help you and your program, all you have to do is go to homecampus.com. That's homecampus.com. We also want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, go to Vital Signs Wall of Fame and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. Uh, it's a great way to honor your school's history, celebrate the accomplishments, and recognize your best and brightest. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. If you mention the podcast, guess what? You'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, um, as you know, uh, we have athletic directors in the profession that are at different points in their journey. You know, you and I have both, uh, you know, received our CMAAs, but that just didn't happen. Uh, share your journey. How'd you find out about, let's say your state association and how did you find out about the NIAAA? Uh, so my former mentor who, when I was uh, substitute teaching and student teaching, uh, offered 501 and 502 at Bristol High, um, Greg Pinelli. So he got me started with it. Um, before I became an athletic director, uh, I did take two of the classes, just not just more for professional development. Didn't really know like where it was going to lead. And I ended up having my RAA because you only needed the two classes then. Um, so that was about 15, 16 years ago. And then uh, when I was at Mastery, um, I became the when I became the AD after about the second year there, I joined him at Hershey for. Oops, I think we lost your sound there. I apologize. No worries. No, okay. Phone call coming in. Uh, <laughs> so I uh, went to Posada. I thought it was awesome. I took a couple classes there. Um, end up getting, you know, 
once I took over in 2007, I became the commissioner of the Metropolitan Philadelphia Athletic Association, a small league that started with about 10 to 12 schools. Uh, consistently, consistently the last four years, we've had 20. We are now up to 30 schools and we offer up to 15 sports. Uh, so I, you know, I wouldn't be doing that also if it wasn't for uh, Paul Reiser. I know he hasn't been on here yet, but he's also the athletic director at Tacony. Uh, him and I also teach classes together. I've taught at the state conference the last three years. I've taught 501 last year. I taught 790 at Hershey. Um, so, and then we're currently, um, we do offer all over Pennsylvania, but usually we host here uh, outside of Philadelphia or inside, you know, in Philly at, at Tacony High School. We we try we tend to offer classes every month or two uh, just to help athletic directors get certified. And then we work with the school district of Philadelphia, uh, Jimmy Lynch, actually has me teaching 502 tomorrow morning uh, to the athletic directors in Philadelphia. So I stay busy. Um, I mean, my life, my, my long-term goal is to hopefully eventually teach a class at the national conference. That's kind of where I'm at. Well, again, you touched on, you know, your work with the charter schools, you did a tremendous job because I would see the posts and, and I actually was very fortunate enough to be part of one of your presentations. You just did a ton of professional development for those ADs, you know, a great example to, you know, some of the other states on uh, how to really put together professional development. And you and I were talking before we started recording. Uh, it sounds like um, a number of agencies, both state and local, uh, you know, you have uh, late or I guess early summer, you know, late fall, uh, late summer or early, early fall uh, presentations for a, a variety of groups. That's great. Yeah. And, and Paul and I try to, so we're actually, we're able to proctor the CAA. So we try to do that every two to three months because typically it's only really offered at the, at the state conference in, in March. Uh, so when we do that, we try to, we try to offer classes at the same time. Like one of us will be teaching a class um, and then one will be proctoring the, the, the CAA exam. But we also uh, with the MPA, we have, about six people that are actually instructors now. So we're working on with those September classes, actually helping train them so they can start teaching more um, because it's, it's just nice to hear a different voice. Like obviously the NIAAA provides the PowerPoints and, you know, it's just nice to hear from different experiences. If I teach you six classes, you're going to keep repeating hearing my, you know, my story, you know, right. but you know, my story has changed a little bit now that I'm back here and now I have a different, you know, involvement with the suburbs and, you know, it's, it's nice, but, you know, like I said, we, we want to really train and mentor as many ADs as we can in Pennsylvania. Well, uh, to that point, and again, for any listeners, uh, what I, I one of the things I try to do is give back to the profession that's been so very good to me. If you're doing a workshop and you have brand new athletic directors first time or even, let's say, in their first year, uh, let me know. I would be happy to donate at no cost uh, copies of our toolbox books for those brand new ADs so they can, uh, you know, have those as resources. So, uh, you know, Mike, that's certainly an offer to you and to any of our listeners, please, you know, let me know, be happy to donate for your brand new athletic directors. Um, Mike, let's hear your story real quickly about your CMAA, you know, the CAA. Yeah. You got to take the courses. There's some course, there's some work involved, but that CMAA that doesn't happen by accident. So, uh, Talk about uh, how that all came about and maybe share a little bit about what was your project. 
so I just I, I'm big on professional development. Obviously, I have I'm working on my third master's degree in general. Um, so I always feel like there's a way to improve. Uh, so I pretty much did everything prior to even like I mean, I knew about the CMA project, but then I went through um, working with some other athletic directors on how I should do it. Uh, so I decided to do it on fundraising. Uh, when I was subbing back in Bristol, you know, 17 years ago, I was able to help fundraise uh, with the baseball team to help them go to Florida. Then when I got to my charter school, yeah, the first couple of years, you know, not saying money's unlimited, but money wasn't tight. Then you start to realize funds start to get a little bit tighter. So you just start, I started doing, you know, a lot of the fundraisers I did. It. And what you do sometimes in the suburbs doesn't always work in the inner city and vice versa. So uh, I had to be very creative. So I created a 12 month calendar of what, and with all the descriptions, you know, what people can do, how they can do it, um, the pros and cons of it. And then obviously you have to, you know, some people nowadays it's those 50 fifties it's, you know, it's, it's block pools for, for sporting events. So sometimes you got to check what your state and what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do. Uh, so it, it ended up being like with all with all the documents, probably 50 pages long, you know, with just detailed of month to month. Here's what you can do for fundraising. Here's about how much it raised. And, you know, it, it was just a great it's a great resource for people. Um, if, if people want to email me, uh, my email address is M Poplowski. So it's M-P-O-P-L-O-S-K-I-E at B-B-S-D dot org. And I can definitely share it with anybody that's listening. Okay, boy, I appreciate you sharing. What a great uh, a practical type of project. And we'll give out that email address later on the podcast too. And um, you know, Mike's in the process. I almost said it, but uh, we'll set him up here. Hopefully by the time you hear this, uh, Mike's going to be updating his contact information in the NIAAA membership portal. So, uh, but we'll give out that email address again. For our listeners, uh, we've been visiting today and we're going to continue to visit with Mike Poplowski, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Director of Athletics at Bristol High School, and that's in the Philadelphia suburb. So let's take another quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to our good friends at Huddle for their support. Go to huddle.com and change the way you see the game. When I was a football coach, I used Huddle for years, and it was just great. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure that our school was a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that huddle provided that allowed them to coach our kids at their highest level. It was a complete professional grade solution for the challenges that we all face. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 8 million users and turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. If you're looking for a fundraising platform, stop right here. Snapraise is hands down the best out there. We used it at our school with great success, and so can you. They even have a program where they will give you your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else does that. But there's a lot more. You've got Snap Connect, Snap Store, Snap Manage. You'll find them all at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Jake, so we also use Huddle. Um, we have the Huddle Focus, so it really breaks down all the film for our coaches. Probably, especially for our football coach, probably cuts out about 15 hours of uh, 
you know, critiquing. Um, and then it's just, he's just able to get right down to the business with showing his kids also allows our kids to do any of their own highlights individually. And then we also use the streaming through huddle. So we, you know, the, the school district, very thankful for the school board. So they provide the opportunity for us to stream it free um, to anybody in our community. So we share that on our social media outlets, also the, the link to each game. Uh, again, I really appreciate you sharing that. And when we were deciding to become a huddle school, you know, that was one of my concerns is I knew it was good for football, but long story short, you know, volleyball coach or basketball coaches just loved it. They had the camera in the gym. They could program it themselves, you know, out on the, our main field. Of course we had it for football, but our soccer coaches, lacrosse coaches, uh, it, it's just really, uh, was a great, great addition. And the huddle people are very easy to work with too. So once again, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, one of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. So, um, Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. What are some things that you have done in your career as an athletic director? Uh, you know, maybe you're already doing them at Bristol that you would consider best practices that you can share with our listeners. Uh, I think just starting with the NFHS courses, you know, PIAA has certain rules of what needs to be done yearly, what needs to be updated to the PIAA portal for all coaches. So, you know, if my coaches check my portal, um, you know, they, they will see that I've taken all the classes that I asked them to take. So I think leading by example is a big thing. Uh, we currently have four coaches just over the summer that earn at least their level one and three of them earn their level one, level two, level three through the NFHS. Um, so the hope is, is that by the end of the year is that we could possibly one of the, be one of the national honor roll schools, which is something I was one of four schools when I was at Mastery Charter that earned the national honor roll. Yeah, I saw that post that you made, another great use of uh, Gipper graphics. Um, coming into a new school, um, it, it, it's not a new school, but you know, it's your, uh, you're new as the AD. Um, what were some things that you did and maybe what were some things that you didn't do as that, you know, first year you're at the school, uh, anything you can share as far as that philosophy? Well, I think I'm big on not micromanaging, right? So you, you, you kind of got to set your, your tone of, of things that are non-negotiable, you know, but I think you also like, you know, I, I really took a step back a little bit and observed things a little bit more because you don't want to put too much on coaches plates you know, that they're not used to. So it's like a, you got to do a progression, especially when you're at a new school and you have a lot of veteran coaches. I've been very fortunate in the 17, 18 years I've been an athletic director of having quality coaches. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't get any of the things that I get if it wasn't for them. Um, you know, I was able to get the, the Posada region one athletic director of the year a couple of years ago. And, and that's all a testament to, you know, my coaches, you know, uh, even part of that award, you know, you know, it's a big shout out to my wife because, you know, as anybody knows when you're married, you know, the, the 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 women usually make a big sacrifice, you know, because of the hours, you know, and, and the commitment level there and and you know, having four kids and you know, the 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 things she misses or the things she's gotta wait because a game went in overtime and I'm home forty five minutes later than I thought I would be. You know, you, there's things you just never prepare for. So I think best practice is just, you know, leading by example and, and just being, you know being there for the coaches, you know, it's, it's really being visible, you know, see some things, give some feedback, you know, but also be willing to take some feedback from your coaches also, because they are the experts in that sport. No, I, I think you really hit it on the head, you know, not micromanaging, 
but being there to for the ones that are, are wanting to improve and, and be the very best, you're there to help them. And for the ones that do need a little bit of guidance, you're there as well. Um, we had this come up on one of our other recent interviews, and I'm curious uh, for your response. What is your approach um, for coaches that, uh, say, an assistant coach that wants to become a head coach or a head coach that might want to one day become an athletic administrator? Um and it's not a right, wrong, good or bad. I'm just curious. Do you actively promote opportunities for them uh, or do you just kind of try to be supportive and let them share a potential ambition with you? You know, how do you um, work with that? Uh, and like our end of season meetings, I always try to say like, all right, well, where do you see yourself in three years, five years? Uh, I'll also use a prime example. Obviously, we're a small community. Our our varsity basketball coach, uh, Jerry Devine, just recently resigned. He resigned at the end of the year. We knew about three weeks left in the boys' basketball season that, you know, he he, he sat down with me and told me he was going. Uh, he had an assistant varsity coach that's pretty much been through the ropes with him. He's been here six, seven years. Um, obviously, we we did all the things. We did an interview process. We had all this, but you know, your gut was to, you know, if his interview went well, was to give him an opportunity. Like he was underneath Jerry. Jerry was very good. Um, and Anthony, our coach's name is Anthony Jeccarelli. He, uh, he's been nothing but, you know, what we expected. He, you know, he's having open gyms. He's making sure kids are in summer leagues. He, you know, he has a lifting program. He wants to start in the fall for the kids that can, you know, we have probably 40% of our basketball team is playing football. So it's kind of hard. okay it's okay i think we lost your audio there for a second but uh yeah just jump right back in so you know it, it, it's tough for for all of our coaches not just basketball but i think that's the prime example is that anthony was an assistant for six seven years and i think you you know obviously there's an interview process this isn't you know you, you got to go through it and, and give everybody a fair shot but you know he came out on top and he you know everything he he did and you know, there's some sacrifices he made for other things that he does. He, you know, he used to assign officials. So he was a willing to give that up for baseball and softball. So, you know, and then it's just, even like with like 501, 502, these are things that I plan on doing for some of my coaches that are willing to do it. I'm um, in the next couple of years. So it's like, if they, you know, I'm not going to be around forever, but if they eventually aspire to either replace me or, you know, we get big enough or, or start doing, you know, bigger things that, you know, maybe the school district eventually wants an assistant AD or, you know, I, I even think like game managers, you know, allowing our game managers to take some of these courses, you know, like 630, 631, some of the introductory AD courses, even though they might not be RAA or CAA, you know, I think it's just an opportunity to provide them with the opportunities. Yeah, You mentioned uh, game managers and uh, this past weekend, I was at a conference uh, in Orlando and I had a couple of athletic directors talk to me uh, that they are hearing a growing number of schools, usually smaller schools, uh, that they're they're cutting back on the idea of a full time, you know, professional AD, which I was very fortunate enough to be most of my career, uh, and having, you know, say a point person, an AD, but having uh, several game managers, you know, coaches who. Their primary job is they're going to be the the boots on the ground at that soccer game, that basketball game, that swim meet. And there's a stipend uh, involved too, but um, you mentioned it. So uh, it, are you guys uh, 
employing game managers from your own school and, and how's the experience been? Uh, previously it was kind of just me and the other phys ed teacher when I was at mastery. And that was just more of a budget thing, more time constraints. Cause in the city, they would play games at three fifteen. Our teachers were contracted till four. Um, our security would be outside during dismissal. So it was just pretty much me and the other phys ed teacher. Now I come here, say, let's say like for Friday, we have a home game. I have three constables. I have, you know, four regular game workers. I'm still the game manager, but I do have people that, you know, I delegate a lot of it to. Um, Cause I try to make sure I'm more visible and, and, and walking around and, you know, they definitely, not that we didn't do it before, but there's a big push with PIAA with officials that they want to make sure the officials are escorted by security to and from the field before the game, halftime and after the game. So, you know, there's a little bit more, but um, you know, the, the, the district I'm in is very supportive of all those things. So, you know, we get a lot of community support from uh, the local police. So there's always at least one local officer. And then towards the end of the game, uh, especially if it's a rival game, they'll just always be, have more cop cars here just to be visible, just more proactive than reactive. Uh, you use that term constable. I love that. You know, we've got our deputy sheriffs or resource officers, but uh, constable, what a great name. Uh, for our listeners, uh, our guest again is Mike Poplowski. He's a certified master athletic administrator. He's also the director of athletics at Bristol High School in the pencil or excuse me the philadelphia suburbs we're going to take another quick break but we're coming back with more so stay with us this is the educational ad podcast we want to thank hometown ticketing for their support hometown ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and to colleges and if you go to hometownticketing.com their team is going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for your events not just athletic events but things like school plays concerts uh, school dances, even graduation. And here's the best part. Every school is assigned a dedicated client success manager that's going to provide you hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. It's digital ticketing that offers more. We also want to say thank you to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their scoreboards and their score tables in action. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Scoring Table. Uh, we use it for home games, of course, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule that live web demo today sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, one of our uh, longstanding talking points from really since the beginning of the podcast has to do with this idea of coaching toughness. Um, when I was in high school 100 years ago, uh, our coaches would say things like, uh, you know, come on, Jake, you got to be tough, or come on, guys, you got to suck it up. And I think we kind of knew what they meant and we did it. Um, now, uh, in the many years since I was in high school, we have figured out much better ways to communicate with athletes. Uh, but I still feel that toughness is an important aspect of sports and of life. So here's my question for you. How can an athletic director help um, a Generation Z student athlete to develop toughness while also being aware of the the very real 
challenges that they're going through that I never had to go through back in the 70s. Uh, do you have any advice for us? I mean, I think realistically, it's just, you know, it's more individualized conversations, right? Like it's, you know, there's not a one size fits all model for, you know, toughness, right? You have, you have, you know, say on a, on a basketball team, counting your JV team, you probably have 25 individuals. Now you're not always going to be able to have 25 individual conversations in a week, but it's just, it's, you know, I'm lucky that I'm the assistant principal at the school too. So I'm able to have conversations in the hallway. I'm able to have conversations at lunches. I'm able to have it after a game, before a game. Um, and it's just kind of, you know, giving them what things are, you know, it's, you know, depending on how they act on the sideline, you know, letting them know that college coaches do react to that versus whether you rush for 250 or, you know, whether you had 50 points in a game, you know, they want to see what you do when you fail. Um, and I think it's, you know, we bring in some college coaches too. So we constantly have college coaches coming in to see our programs um, individually, not necessarily during a game. And I just think like them hearing it from those guys, uh, I have, I have a lot of, uh, alumni so i use uh daquan plowden's actually he was in the g league last year for basketball he was one of my graduates at mastery charter you know he was all state twice uh he is a phone call away the, the dude will answer the phone at 11 30 at night he'll answer at 6 30 in the morning um he's looking at a couple pro teams but he comes out and talks to my kids he actually was in town or near town looking at a car happened to come to one of my middle school games and it happened to be halftime when he showed up. He went right in the locker room, you know, spoke to the kids for a good five to six minutes. But those are valuable moments, like having people that have been through the trenches be able to tell them. Yeah, I think sometimes bringing in that outside speaker, um, and you mentioned this, you know, they uh, sometimes, whether it's kids or coaches, you know, they get tired of hearing our voice and somebody else can come in, say the exact same thing. Uh, but because it's in a different voice, uh, it, it really uh, sticks out. Um, do you have, and again, I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but from one of those sessions, or maybe it was a session of your own, uh, do you have um, uh, a memory of a coach or a kid where that particular presentation, that speech uh, really made an impact that you know you could see it, or maybe they even shared with you how meaningful it was for them. Anything stick out? Yeah, I think being around for so long, you know, even even now, just like recently, you know, I had a parent just like message me on on the sports Instagram, just like telling me they miss me, you know, from my previous school. You know, you have kids that randomly, you know, will will send you a message, send you a text, send you an email. Um, those are the things that just in general, like make everything worth it. You know, I, I don't think, you know, I think in Philly too, there's a lot of situations that kids go through that are not a Gen Z. It's not something from the seventies or the nineties when I was growing up, like it's just a different beast. And it's like, you know, knowing you, know, you just got to make yourself personal, like, you know, kids, kids just in Philly in general, like taking three buses just to get to school. That's a different type of toughness. You know, we don't experience that. My town's only a square mile. You know, so I do use some of my city uh, examples with my current kids, even though I'm only here a year. Yeah, uh, I think your point about, you know, there is no one size fits all, um, you know, is it, certainly one of the more positive changes that, you know, we've incorporated as coaches and leaders. You know, back then it was, you know, all right, you guys. Uh, and now it's uh, definitely, uh, you know, you're trying to reach that individual, but at the same time, keeping, keeping it team focused. Good stuff. Okay. 
Boy, uh, this has been great. Um, I, I wish we would have done it, uh, you know, a long time ago, but I'm glad we were able to get you in here. Uh, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, our, our listeners can plainly hear and see that uh, you know your way around the world of athletics. But in just a moment, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. So we're going to take our final break here from Athletic Surveys, who sponsor the toolbox segment. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Mike Poplowski is going to put in his new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to thank Athletic Surveys for their support of the podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors already hear from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe about everything. Athletic Surveys not only connects you with the 2%, but they'll also connect you with the 98% that supports your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're talking with a frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. They're going to create a custom survey that will allow you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. That's athleticsurveys.com. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Mike Poplowski, a certified master athletic administrator from Philadelphia. He's got a tremendous athletic background, but right now I'm going to task him with sending out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in the toolbox. So Mike, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Uh, so I think first and foremost, uh, and just based off my background, is professional development has to be one, um, whether that's to your coaches, whether that's to yourself. Um, you know, as an AD, I think you always have to be willing to learn. So I think just being able to continuously improve uh, would be number one. I think number two, uh, just being willing to delegate. You know, I think, you know, when I was younger, you know, I just always wanted to jump in and do things. Um, now that you get older and a little bit wiser and, you know, get a couple more gray hairs, you know, you, you have to be willing to delegate and ask for help. You know, you can't do everything by yourself. You know, you're no longer, you know, I, I, you know, when I first started, it was like, all right, you got three, four sports. That's easy. You know, I'm at, I'm at 20 some sports count in middle school. It's, it's, you know, there's no way you can be every place every time. Um, you know, and number three, I just think that, you know, being able to accept critical feedback, you know, sometimes you're not, you know, just cause you're, you have that title, you know, sometimes the coaches, you know, you, you gotta be receptive. You know, one of my basketball coaches at mastery once said like, Pop, sometimes I just need to vent to you. I'm not looking for a response, you know, and I think that was like one of the turning points in some of my career is that, you know, when he said it to me, I'm like, I used to take it like, oh man, like he's easy. They're going to quit. He's this, it's that. It's like, sometimes you got to let people let their frustrations out. You know, it's, it's not that like, you know, you're allowed to have that. It could even be after a win. It's not necessarily after a loss, but I think, you know, that was one of the greatest things I heard. He's like, listen, sometimes it's just me trying to vent. You know, I'm not necessarily, I don't mean nothing by it. I'm not leaving, but like, just, you know, be able to listen. Yeah, I, I love them all. And it's no surprise you, you let off with professional development, all the things that you talked about, but um, 
your last one, you know, accept feedback. And uh, you bring up a great example. You know, the coach is coming in, just wants to vent. He's not looking for an answer or solution. And I think as ADs, we're wired to find solutions. And so having that skill of, of listening, uh, even with parents, you know, uh, you know, sometimes parents, you know, they have an agenda, but a lot of times they're just looking to vent. So great, great advice. Um, again, this is just being great. I wish we had more time, but Mike, uh, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, add you to their network or, you know, pick your brain a little bit, what's the best way they can get a hold of you? Uh, email is always the easiest way. My building doesn't have too much cell reception. So email is always easier for me to follow up. So my email address is M P as in Paul O P L O S K I E at bbsd.org. And I will also per Jake is I'll make sure I update my NI AAA profile also. There you go. Hey, Mike, Thanks again for spending time with us. I know it's a tremendously busy time. Uh, all the best with your many endeavors, both within the school and within the Pennsylvania associations. And hopefully we'll be able to connect in person uh, down in Orlando in December at the NADC. Let's try to hop on again in the spring. Also, we'll, you know, we'll make, I'll make some time for you. Oh, absolutely. We'd love to have you on, make you regular. For our listeners, um, we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Of course, we appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another great interview and just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time.